Hey, hey, this is Silver Joiner. Hey, I'm glad everybody's home. I hope everybody's listening today. Today is Saturday. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Woo! Oh, I dragged myself out of bed today. I laid there till like 11.30 and now I'm up. <laughs> it took forever though. Normally I'm up so early. I, you guys know I'm up like at 2.30 in the morning. So it was so good to lay there for a little bit. But let's get this party started, right? So today, you know, we talk about get your mind right. It's the get your mind right Saturday. Um, I have some good stuff today. Um, I definitely want to remind you guys about the email conference. Send me your um, email for Monday. And um, so let's get started. So I was thinking about, like, I always try to I talk about my dreamers. I always talk about my dreamers on my Instagram. So, and I tell them, like, how to um, monitor their dreams. And, like, some people really feel like they can't do it. But we can, we can, and I'm here to motivate people to strive to be financially free for you and your family. So, like, I'm thinking the questions, the six questions that you should ask yourself when you get ready to figure out what you want to do is um, the six things you should do. Have you researched the things you wanted to do? Have you networked with people that you want to network that doing the same thing as you? Not network with your mama, not network with cousin Alex, but people who's doing the same thing. There's people out there who's doing the same thing as you. What's your budget for your business? And sometimes, like with people like me who works and trying to do uh, establish, you know, their career or business. At the same time, it's hard, so it's stressful. So later on, we're going to talk about motive, um, meditation and um, and using your own skills, like your skills that you've been doing for work, um, taking skills off your resume. Um, we're going to do service, talk about service companies, and then we're going to do 2% news and authors panel. I'm going to talk about that later. Um, but getting back to the uh, six um, things you should do, are you still working um, how to maintain a schedule for your work schedule? And you know your your mandatory work schedule clocking in and out at a company is already, like, set. You got to do that no matter what time you do. So that's why I changed myself from the medical field to now I'm, like, I went backwards. Because I started off um, when I was a teenager, I started law say like warehouse work. So I, because of the hours, and um, in the medical field, the hours could be strict, and plus it could be long. So when I worked at the hospital, I was doing twelve-hour shifts three days a week, and I was tired. Like you, literally, you tired the days you off. It seems like it's good, but the days you off, you can't do nothing. So I changed my schedule time. So I can be free. So now I work Monday through Thursday, and because I'm supposed to go to different. In the summertime, I have to um, schedule myself for different like conferences and be at different places, events, and stuff like that. So I change my time frame um, as my work schedule. And sometimes you got to look at that. Not only that, you got to look at your finances of your budget for what you're trying to do. So it, it's been a while for me trying to do things. Um, I actually been Silver Joiner for 20, over 20-something years. So this is not no new rodeo for me. I'm just finally getting into the seat that I really want to be in and have my own control. So we're still working on that. Um, so what's your schedule to work your dream? Now, sometimes your dream schedule is, is off. It's all over the place. So, like, you, especially when you have to sleep, and I get up 2.30 in the morning, and I'm home at, not until 5.30 in, in the evening. So, like, my sleep time, and I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm a creative person. I wake up in the middle of the night to do my dream, uh, to write stuff down, to get stuff ready. So, like, I'm up sometimes. Like, my day's off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, I'm up 2 o'clock in the morning. 
I might sleep in a little bit, but I'll be, I'll pop up and I'm like, oh, oh especially when I used to write songs and, and poems and stuff, when I get like real in that creative state, oh my God, I'll wake up if a song used to come to my head, I'll get up and like, I have to record it, how it is, how it should sound, what the lyrics should be like, so I won't forget it, you know, because that's some, that's a, some things I'm trying to do, get down the line to get into is um, doing my first single. I finished the song. I, I finally had a friend of mine um, give me the music, but I have to still yet go into the studio, so we ain't even there yet. <laughs> so uh, you got to keep on pushing and keep on working on it, and it can be so stressful. It can be so stressful getting flyers, business cards, and at one point I had everything. Everything you can, you'll lose everything. It, it'll seem like your your dream ain't never gonna happen. Oh my God, you know. So when I say meditate, breathe, close your eyes, and breathe in. Take a deep breath in. When you get stressful, and you breathe out. Do it like four times, four times, and you say, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be worth it. It's, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be worth it. Don't let nobody tell you that your dream, you cannot do it. I don't care how old you are. You could be two. You got little kids now. I'm seeing little kids becoming authors. And, oh, my God, actors, you know, kids been act, kids actors for a long time. Now, I'm looking at this little girl that did an interview on Essence. And uh, she talks so clear. And you did, if you ever really, really look at children, um, celebrities, kids, celebrities, they are very intelligent. Like, like those kids, like read good at two years old. You know, they very articulate. Like their their words are very, very, very clear. Like you can understand everything, and they can, they, they can, you can tell them what to do. That's how they become actors because you can tell them to do something, and they don't know exactly what to do, the time they need to do it. They're, it, it that's just their job. They just, oh, it's just God given. And I believe everybody has has a God given talent. I don't care if you go around the house and you can fix things, and with kids, kids can. Kids can go through a computer. You can give that computer to that kid for like two minutes, and that kid can go through that computer, know how to get on different stuff, everything, just like that. You like, I'm like, how in the world? I've been sitting here for five years trying to learn how to do that. <laughs> well, kids are like the greatest people to watch. The, I mean, they're very intelligent, very, very, very intelligent. So it's like crazy. So I was like, um, and the next thing is like business cards, getting business cards, flyers, talk about yourself, pass them out. Um, at that point, when you're like, you're passing out business cards and you're talking about yourself and you talk about, you have established um, your your ground floor, you, are, you have established, you did all your research, you are about to open your doors. I'm talking about, I don't care if it's six months before your doors open, you have your business cards ready, you start promoting yourself, you have to be out there. Oh, my God, you got to be out there, out there. I used to do I used to do networking parties like crazy in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I used to always be places there. I used to, then I used to fly to, like, um, like, radio events and stuff like that in Chicago back then and I have to do everything, especially when I was promoting other people. So, like, you got to do that for yourself, too, as well. And using your skills, using your resume. And people probably think, you know what, oh, it's nothing on my resume I want to do, whether it's warehouse, whether it's medical, whether it's – but you never know. Like, my in medical, my in my medical field, I went from um, back office as a medical assistant – and I was like the lead medical assistant for a chiropractor office. And I went from, and I did pain management. And I went from that, because you go through so many different stair steps. If you got that business that, um, in medical, you can like really, then I did terminology, then I did insurance verifying, then I did prior off. I did so many things in the medical field. I can give that service. 
I can do that service at home. I can do appointment setting. I can do, especially prior ops at home. I can set that up and go to a couple of doctor's offices and have my own service at home. But I left that alone. But that's not my dream job. So don't think that things that you did on your resume can't turn into a service company. So being a service company is um, giving service to people that may need it. They might need somebody to go in there and, and fix their files or, you know, call, util, as utilizing you as a, a phone service. You know, phone service is very definitely a big thing in service jobs. And um, so pull out your skills, lay them out, put them on paper, look at them, and you might find just your creative niche in service jobs, service companies. Um, being a creative person, if you walking around the house and you slide, you throwing down poetry or you writing down songs, there is and I just I learned this as becoming um an author, like being with other authors, there's jobs out there for people who write poetry. They get paid for them. And I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you something that's real funny. Silver Donor at Hotmail dot com. Somebody used to always hit me up and say, you know, you didn't send us a poem lately. And I was just like real quick. And I never paid attention to these people because they'll pop up like every so often. And I, I don't even pay attention to the email. I just will do a quick poem because I like to do them. That's my my love. My life is writing. So I used to just do a quick poem and I send them out. So now that I am an author and I learned the business as an author and as a writer, I found out that, you can get paid for sending in your poetry, your songs, and stuff like that. And they was like, they was like, I was telling them about it because the the author group that I sit with, um, they're older than me, so they kind of like been teaching me and training me stuff. So I was telling them about that. They was like, yeah, they probably was making money off you. That's why they kept them. like, really? So they like giving me all these sites and stuff that you can go on and. You can sit there, you write, you probably got a stack of poetry up to the sky that you've been writing since you were 12 years old. That's your niche. If you've been writing since you're 12, since you're 10, 8, and that's what you love to do, hey, if you draw butterflies and you cut them out and you put them on some type of paper mache that you do, you'll be surprised who will buy those paper mache butterflies. Huh, get them laminated, put them in some type of stuff, put them on pictures, glue them. You can make pictures with those things. You'd be so surprised what skills and creative things that you do can make you money. Like, it's really, like, really crazy. Like, I've, I've seen, like, I was telling you guys yesterday about the little, uh, little gadget, gadget little things my uncle, my, I mean, my cousin and his wife make. Um, if you see them, like, they little magnet things, but you see them in stores, too. Like, actually, they're really cute. I'm like, I'm looking at them, like, and he does, uh, like, um, some type of air conditioning company. He works at home, and they do that on the side and go to flea markets and sell them for a dollar. And they say they do pretty well at that. So it's be, you really, 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 really be surprised of what you have and what type of skills you have and talent that you have, and always watch your kids. Watch your kids. Watch them very closely because you will see if they might like to write a lot. They might like, I hated school, but I used to like writing. I was, I was very, when it comes to comprehensive or writing, something like that, I was, my scores and my skills were high in, in that. So right then, actually when I went to college, my um. My, I had to do reading 101, and we had to do a big, a big essay at the end to get your grades. And I did this essay, like I, I named it my final fight. And um, my professor then, and I think I was like maybe 18 or 19 at the time, like 19 years old, told me I should be a writer. But did I, if, if, even though a professor tell you that or somebody tell you something, you don't pay attention to it. And as a teenager, I was in college goofing off anyway. You know, I, I was on probation a couple of times playing around and partying. So, like, I ain't paying attention to this guy telling me I should be a writer. And But I, now I think about it and I'm like, dang, 
I probably could have been an author like a long time ago. But sometimes some teachers or professors um, should extend because you don't have that family extension sometimes. And that's why I tell you, don't listen to your cousin and your Uncle Bob and all them. But they'll tell you anything. They'll be like, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, because they're not in that same mindset. You have to be around people that's in the same mindset as you. So, like, I, if he would have pushed me and said, okay, you know what, I think you should be a writer. I want you to look at some authors. I want you to um, or direct me to, like, um, conventions or, or put me in, show me the, uh, what you call, references of how to become a writer. I probably would have became a writer back then. You know, I, I wrote, and I've, I've been writing for a long time. I've been drawing and painting and all that stuff for years. And that's why I said sometimes your parents won't see that. Even if they see it, they don't, like, pay attention to it thinking it's like a, a money-making thing. And I used to be, like, real scared because people used to come up to me and uh, when I was younger uh, and, oh, my God, like, I'm from Syracuse, New York, originally, and... People used to come up to me when I was a teenager, and and I used to get scared of them because like, why are you? They like, oh my god, you like you this or that that, and I'm like, I didn't understand that stuff. Like even when my baby, I had my first baby, Goober, was coming to my aunt house, wanting to put her because you know sometimes they put your baby in these baby contests when you have give birth to your kids at the hospital. So she came in, I think, second place um, as the prettiest baby or whatever. So Goober was coming to my aunt house constantly, constantly like, we want we wanted to do her do commercials. We want her to do Goober. And, you know, I was real young when I had my first baby. So I was like, no. My aunt kept telling me, and then I ended up bumping into these people when they come by and I was like, no, no, um, I'm, I'm not interested. I don't want her to be in nothing like that. Dumb, 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 <laughs> you know. And I'm like, because you don't know no better. That's why I tell people all the time, like, pay attention, pay attention. And, then, and these people were constantly coming to my aunt's house. Like, my my daughter, my first baby could have been in Goober uh, commercials and stuff like that. They came so many times, oh, my God. Like, I could be a millionaire. I don't even know. I, and, they, and they have, like, my kids have, like, that type of, to me, modeling, modeling type of faces. And um, and I always used to say, like, uh, she wanted to get into um, the same the same one, my oldest. She wanted to get into uh, Tyre Banks had came to Atlanta, Georgia. And I was, like, trying to push her. like, and, and, But her confidence. And her, her confidence levels was so low, she wouldn't go. And I was like, and I don't, she's not really tall enough either, but I told her to go. Like, I was trying to push her and push her and push her. Go to the, go to the, go to the things, go to the thing. They could probably tell you she's tall, but she's not really, really tall. So, but, but you never know. It would have been a nice experience for her, you know, because she does have that type of face, you know, and, um, man, watch your children. That's all I can say. Watch your kids. Watch the things that they do. They like to color a lot. They like to get them to paint. Painting is the most relaxing thing. That's I actually use canvas painting to um, relax my mind, to take my mind out of out of the world. So I, I'll paint. And I love to. I buy big canvases. Like my canvases are really huge. And um, I like to paint. And I like to. I put feathers on them. I put stones on my paintings. I like different stuff. So I'm going to get back into that because I really do like doing that. So but right now I'm working on this and like getting overwhelmed. Slow yourself down. Slow yourself down when you feel like you just uh, all over the place and you don't know um, how to stop yourself and your, your brain is everywhere, slow down and meditate. But I'm going to take a brief break and pay some bills, and I'll be right back.
hey, hey, this is Silver Jordan, and we don't pay those bills, and we're back, so let's just get this party started. All right. Okay, and I have, like, a fun thing to talk about, though, um, before I get back into, um, I'm going to tell you some five entrepreneurs that um, I'm going to talk about that, but fun fact, do you know that there's a lizard that they call Jesus Christ? And why they call this lizard Jesus Christ is because he walks on water. <laughs> anyway, going back to um, uh, um, back to business talk. Um, so we meditated, we relaxed, and we got our minds together. And when you get ready to start, you're opening your doors to your business. If it's a service business. Let me tell you, when I first became medical assistant, I worked for uh, Dr. Dana, chiropractor. Uh, we actually set up, this was his first office. We set his office up, and I was doing internships, so I didn't get paid. I learned, I watched business. I used to watch CNN. CNN what was it called? Yeah, CNN business um, back in the day. I was like, when I was like really young, and I used to be so into watching that CNN. But... I watched business people, and he was so smart. Like, he used us to set up his paperwork. He used us to do everything. I was the head medical assistant. And using internship students to start your service business, if you need them and they're part of your service um, provider, and they in the line of graduating, I don't care if it's accountant or some, a lot of students that graduate out of college have to do internship, which is where they have to have a paper signed and so many hours of that, um, what their skills are is to graduate. And I had to do that. So I didn't get paid at first when I first became a medical assistant. I had to take my paperwork when I because I was still in school as well part time, so like I had to take my paper though to um, to Dr. Dana and they had to fill it out every time I went to work. So use an intern to start your business so you don't have to pay them. You don't have to pay them. They cannot get paid. That's why they call it internship. Most of them do not get paid. So using them to start your business out. To save finances is the best thing you could ever do for yourself. Find out what schools need um, have interns that, that follows in the line of your business. Find the schools, give the service to them, because actually you're doing a service to them because you're giving them the experience to put on their resume. So, like, that's a service starting your business and it's helping you because you don't have the money to pay them when you start your business. So it helps you out. Even if it's cardinary, like um, uh, kids that come out of school, they go to school for cooking and being chefs. They want to be chefs. Them as well. If you got a bakery shop, like I always say, if you have a bakery shop, they can come in and do some work for you for three hours out of the week and, or out of the day and that gives them the experience to how to own their own bakery shop, how to run their own restaurant. There's so many kids out there that need internship jobs. Put your company into that school so you can have free workers. So that's a, that's a tip. That's a tip. One of my tips I'm giving you. So I looked up five entrepreneurs founded companies that shaped and changed technology in modern life today. And it was Andrew Carnegie, who was American. He was self-made steel industry. Um, I believe he did a lot of steel because Pittsburgh is big with the steel company. So, like, he is a service guy, and he was self-made. He made himself, um, I think he's worked uh Oh, how much? I, I forgot how much he was worth. I think he's worth $372 billion today. So, then we got Henry Ford. You know, Henry Ford did Ford cars. Um, then, I didn't even know. When I was researching this, I learned that 
Henry Ford has a health system, leading health care system for um, Detroit. And I didn't even know he was in the healthcare business. Like Henry Ford is in the healthcare business. They're worth um, up to $2.9 billion. $200 billion for the motor. So, like, oh my God. Like, I didn't even know that Henry, um, Henry Ford family had a healthcare system, uh, the healthcare center for people. That's a good thing to learn. Oprah Renfrey. Started off white. You know, Oprah started off white with nothing. And now she has a $2.9 billion um, business, this Harpo Studios. And the word Harpo comes from Oprah. If you change the words around, Oprah is Harpo Studios. Bill Gates, Microsoft, we know about him. Um, you know, he's worth billions. And uh, Larry Page, co-founder of Google since 1980, since 1998. And it's like, wow, you know, these are people that started their own business and now they're billionaires. So don't think you cannot be one of those people. And so I was looking for um, how people... Um, even get into um, stair-stepping their way up to their careers and companies. You know, you really don't want to waste time. And sometimes, like, you go to college and, and you don't do what. Sometimes it's not saying be rebellious against your parents, but you really have to find your niche of what you want to do, not what your parents want you to do what you want to do for your life because you can go to college and waste so much money and your parents' money on stuff that you didn't even want to do. You didn't even want to look at it, you know? So, like, be careful about, you know, what you want to do. Write it down. It's, it's, get some paper, write it down. Even if you're even if you're a young teenager, if you're writing stuff down for your kids, that's why I say watch your kids because, you can write little things down for your kids um, and so they can go and do, take them to the library, get books on stuff that they want to do. I had this uh, ex-boyfriend nephew. His nephew was so smart that he was nine years old that he started going to a private college at nine years old for medical. And um, at first, like, they, like, their their family was, like, fighting. They, they didn't want him to, like, stop going to regular school. And they thought it would be so much pressure for him to go to this college, you know, at nine years old. But um, I think he did. They did send him um, for a little while. But come to find out, he didn't want to, He He got there, and he was really, really, really intelligent. And he got to the school, and I guess he got, like, homesick or whatever, so he didn't even finish it. He didn't finish the schooling. Um, so they were trying to get him to become a doctor. I guess his um, his school uh, figured that I guess he's really good at math and all this stuff that um, back then. But, so, but still, even if they don't end up doing what they see them and watch them do, it's still watching and seeing what they do. Writing it down, get let them research it, let them figure out by time. Because most of the time, you see creative stuff in kids real young. So like, but let them grow and give. Take them to the library, read books, have your mind into books. Don't let books and libraries close down and keep people get them kids on uh, computers and stuff. Books are the best thing ever. Now, I'm not only saying that because I'm an author, because I like to read books. I like to research stuff. I'm very big at researching things I want to do, and I go get Business Chronicle books and everything. So, like, keep books alive in, in the world because our kids need them. Like, they've taken a cursive out of, out of schools. Oh, it's, it's not really... It's not really needed, you know. They don't have to do cursive, but yet they got to sign documents, print, and 
signature. So signature means cursive, people. So like they do need it. Um, and I think it's a good thing to have because then they're going to walk around and you sign, they see a signed name and they don't even know what it is, you know? So let's do my 2% news. We are on 2% news and all that business stuff is gone. But so I was looking on, I seen on, uh, it actually was like the news news. I seen that, uh, Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez got, had a SUV broken into, smashed up in San Francisco that they stole a half a million dollars of jewelry, electronics, stolen out of his renter car. You should have seen the car. Like, the car was, they beat the car up. They smashed on I me. Mean, how is this happening in broad daylight? And I hope they caught the person because, like, that's crazy. Like, who has that type of stuff in their car? I mean, unless they were shopping, because I, I believe this is Daylo's husband, um, Alex Rodriguez, um, the ex-baseball player. And I'm like, oh, actually, they said it's Sunday. It was a nighttime, a Sunday night. But Sunday night, you didn't drop the stuff off at the hotel or wherever you was at. You dropped $500,000 worth of stuff out of your car. You crazy. What? So, you know, they went off and ran off with that stuff. I don't like, ooh, I would have lost my mind. Oh, my God. So that's part. And then I was looking at and I was watching it because you guys know I do like, I don't know how to play golf, but I used to have my own golf clubs. I lost all, like, a lot of my stuff in Pittsburgh storage. Which I know they made a lot of money off of all my stuff that was in there. <laughs> all my office equipment because I, I made the move to come here in California and, and I ended up getting sick, and I couldn't afford the storage in there anymore. So I ended up, oh, my God, you're talking about crying. To me, my little stuff in the storage was worth $500,000. <laughs> but anyway, I had my own golf club. Um, me and my mom, when I was to visit her in, in um, Atlanta, Georgia, we used to go to the drive, you know, hit some balls, right? So I missed my clubs. I need a new set. One day I will get me a nice set. Cause I was looking. I used to go like literally go shopping just to see, you know, what golf clubs. I always use five and seven. So like, so I went one time. And I went to go. I was gonna buy. I said I want to buy my own, you know. And I watch. I actually watch golf sometimes. And um, it's amazing to me how they get this little ball in the hole. I don't care. Like they could be so far distance. Like. Something is crazy because I, I watched something yesterday on the golf course and this lady had like these the golf pegs and and a half a circle and just a little hole room just for the ball to go through and she hit the ball and I watched this I sat there and watched this like twenty times because I'm like how in the world is she doing this so she hit the ball and lo and behold. The ball went right around the peg. It didn't even hit the peg. It was into the hole. That's why I watched golf. Oh, my God. I'm like, this is crazy. So I was watching yesterday. So I go on my Instagram. I have, I do follow a lot of golfers and stuff. They are crazy. You should see how they run each other over and stuff on the golf course. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> they are so crazy. They, they be in the little golf court, cart and jumping over stuff and flying out the cart. I'm like, are they serious? But they ain't got nothing better to do. They rich probably. <laughs> so that's their fun. So I was watching Tiger Woods at the, I want to say it, Menahide, Menahide, a golf course. And um, he's walking on the golf course going to the ninth hole with two police officers walking with him. I'm like, okay, is he threatened? What's going on? I mean, I know people have security, but as you playing the game, really? I was like, okay, I'm putting that in my 2% news. <laughs> so I was looking at, I seen James Fonda, younger brother, has died. He died at 79 years old, and, you know, that was kind of sad. But I like seeing James Fonda. Like, I think, I think she aged well. Like, she's very, very pretty. I just think she was like... Anything, any movie that she came that came on TV that had Jane Fonda in it, I watched it. 
I was like, ooh, I used to love being fond of shit. Her and Clint Eastwood is like, to me, the prettiest people ever in the world. <laughs> I love Clint Eastwood. And I was like, you make me, you used to make me mad. I'd be like, make my day. <laughs> but Clint Eastwood is my man. Oh my God. He is beautiful. Him, I used to love Lucy, Lucille Ball, and. And my one of my favorites and oh Elvis was one of my favorites when I was young. And like really like those are the top celebrities um when I was growing up to watch. Like and my first songs were between Michael Jackson and um and um what's his name? Oh Lionel Richie. Lionel I used to play his tape so much. Oh my God! And oh, Celine Dion. But those are the top celebrities. But so, and I was talking about service jobs. Um, and so they have a conference coming up. Uh, Wednesday, August, coming up in August. Um, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m for people who actually take care of their family. And I was talking about yesterday about aging uh, and how to keep your bones and joints to get, you know, together to keep you moving and all that stuff. So you do have family members that um, take care of their family members. So that's a service. You know you can get paid for that. If you're taking care of a family member, and, and it's not that you're trying to get money from them or whatever, but you still have to live and you have to pay your bills. And it, I, I did some home care, like, for um, some people when I first started in the medical field um, before I became a medical assistant. And I used to do CNA, and I used to do home sitting and home care for, you know, people who had family members that couldn't get out of the bed and they wanted, you know, a couple of hours to themselves. And it's hard work. Like, taking care of a family member is a service that's very hard to do. So they do have um, a free event coming up um, that, like, kind of teach you improving your quality of the quality of life of your family and teach you how to become a caregiver um, for your family member. Um, That's awesome. I think that's like, you know, especially you have dementia um, um, family members, oh, my God, that's, like, to me, that's, like, the scariest thing ever because, you know, they roam off and they, they, they are, their mind kind of slides a little bit, so they kind of get lost. And I, one time I was in the mall with, uh, with a patient. Well, it wasn't my patient, but I was in the mall, and I seen this, I seen this guy, like, just walking around, and he looked like he was lost. By me being in the medical field, I kind of um, know, you know, kind of, you know, you can see the behavior of a person when something ain't right. So he just kept going in circles and circles and circles and circles. And I was like, this guy is lost. So it took me, someone to say, go ask him. Does he need help? Sometimes you see that. And I, I, and I, I stopped and I, I asked him, I was like, I was like, sir, um, are you lost? Do you need help? Are you looking for a family member or something? And he was like, I don't, re- I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even remember where I'm at. I don't know what this is. I'm like, you're in a department store, you know, like, um, and then you look like you were kind of lost and I want to help you. And he's like, oh, I'm in a department store. He's like, I don't even know who I was with. And I was like, you got to keep an eye on Even though you're doing a service and you think that that, that family member is, uh, is okay sometimes, especially if they have Alzheimer's or dementia, you have to watch them like their children. So they might, you might walk in that store, and I'm quite sure they end up finding the person, um, his, uh, his uh, family member that he was with. So they, like, called them, you know, did an alert over the speaker. So, but what if I wouldn't have said nothing to him? He could have traveled out the store or down the street. You you know, that person would have lost their mind because that service is so much need to be trained. Even though you want to help your family members, 
and you have to watch them because I used to uh, do uh, Medicare um, insurance with Medi Medicare patients, and I had to talk to them on the phone. Like you, sometimes they don't even want their kids to know that they're going through stuff medically. You know, so you have to start watching your parents at a certain age. And like I said, that's a service that really, 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 really need to be trained. It does need to be trained. You can jump in there and say, oh, I'm going I'm to take care of mom and blah, blah, blah. And that can become stressful, too, because, like, especially when they start losing their their sight or they losing their hearing or, you know, it can be really, very, very stressful to take care of a family member and that's a service that I said that you can get paid for, especially if you're doing it for hours in the day or you move them inside your home or something like that. That's a service that um, you definitely can get paid for uh, as a caregiver because most of the time you now you're over their funds and their finances as well. Um, I, I really wanted to do it for my dad. But he didn't even live as long as they thought he was going to live. He ended up dying two weeks, uh, maybe about two or three weeks after he left the hospital, and they thought he was going to live for six months, you know. But still, it's like I had when I went to go visit him, I had to feed him because he he started he started like going down fast, and he was like he was like man, he said I didn't know I was going to start going down this fast. He went from walking out the hospital to in a few weeks. Like, he couldn't even walk and go get in the tub anymore. So, like, he started deteriorating really fast, you know, so he couldn't walk. So, like, it's like that type of thing is so, it could be stressful. It could be stressful. You love your family members to death, but it's a service that that is very, very medical stuff is very, 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 could be very, very stressful. Um, oh, my God, it's like when I first started doing... Um, I started doing um, working at the nurses station, and, and I had to do um, um, telemetry. Oh, you know, it was, I was a unit secretary slash telemetry, you know, person. I had to watch the monitors of people's heart rates and stuff like that. OMG, the first week I was a hot mess. So, like, I can just imagine, you know, and like I said, I have worked with people at home, and I think actually that's a lot easier to work with people at home, um, play cards with them, even though they get bedridden, you can, you know, work in doing home care uh, service like that uh, as a business um, is great, and, and, it's, and it's a lot easier than working in the hospital, uh, the hospital can be very stressful, but as I, if I would have um, wanted to do a service at home, Two things I would do, I would do um, um, appointment setting, doing prior offs at home for a company, working at home, or I would do the health care, um, like babysitter or a sit person, a sitter job like that, or start a company like that. Because I, I, I did enjoy the sitter job, because so sometimes I had I patients that, when I did, because I did, they have sitters at the hospital as well. And I have patients, you say, they just want to sit there and they want you to play cards with them. They want you, they can't get out of the bed or anything. You have to take care of them that way. But when they're good and clean and whatever, they just want somebody to sit there to talk to them and play cards with them and do things with them. So that's a good service job to um, or company to start um, if you're into the medical thing. Um, definitely. Definitely be a sitter, start a sitter's company where you only sit, most of the time you sit, their family member want to go out for like one or two hours or something like that. You sit there and watch their family member for a couple of hours and then you go. That was a good job. I did like to do that when I was, I did it per diem um, inside the company. But actually, so I was talking about this, um, this event that they were having. So, they are having it at the Southern Caregiver Resource Center, and the phone number for that is 858-268-4432. And I hope you guys, if you want to interact with the show, you can still interact and call um, the 888-627-6008. And if you want to listen to the show, if you 
could call 712-775-6619. And I, I, got, I forgot about that to even talk about that. So Monday I am doing my conference, um, email conference for authors on Monday. And I think I'm going to start uh, on Saturdays when I do the show, I'm going to start and bring in some author panel, do author panels. So we talk about different topics, talk about different books. So I start my Silver Joiner Book Club, and we're going to talk about people's books on the um, author panel. So I'm going to see if I can get some authors to come on the show. Um, my next show for next the next Saturday that I'm on, um, that would be fun. It was so fun. And do not forget about Linda Wright and her new book, Journal Pages. Oh, my God. Don't forget about her. She was my first interview. It was awesome. Awesome. I, I really, she did a good job for her interview, and she has another book. She has other books, so look her up. Look her up. You can get her on Amazon um, and Barnes and & Noble's online, and you can get her book. You also can get my book, My Man, um, on Amazon, ebook, uh, Barnes & Noble. I'm trying to turn that book into a play. So I'm about to go do a casting call and get my little characters together. I really want some awesome, awesome. So I'm going to be very picky with this because this will be my first screenplay that I'm going to write that's going to come for my book to come live on, on play, on stage. And that's going to be fun. So I think, like, doing the auditions will be nice. So that's one of my dreams that I'm working on. And like I said, keep it moving. Keep it. I, I'm trying to, like, monitor my dreams and, and, like, do one step at a time and also help other people get their stuff. Because I feel like back in the day, authors were, like, the big thing. So people really, really, really read back in the day because TV wasn't so much like it is now. Technology wasn't like it is, so people read more books back then, and so I want to be the outlet of the floor, foundation of the new, improved authors to, to the point that we are making our own movies. If you feel like, because like the, the industry is so... I say celebrity life industry and producers and, and directors industry is so congested like that, you know, a lot of authors that probably not moving books like they should or, um, you know, it's like even if they, if they want their book turned into a movie, you know, you got to really go through a lot of stuff, you know. So, like, I want to get, I want to be the ground floor and have that big skyscraper building, the Silver Joiners author building, with everything in it is what we need. Filming, doing from book trailers to um, getting our books printed in one building. It's going to be, I'm working on it. So that's what I'm working on. So I'm working on that, getting us more out there, a lot more. Um, I, I went talking to airlines to get, so they, now you can go on the airlines and I always thought you had to pay for it. I'm so slow. Like, I'm so late and outdated. Keep yourself updated. So I always got on the plane, you know, you know how you can, like, see a movie on the plane? I thought they had to pay for that. I never knew it was for free. And I was, like, looking through the little thing and stuff, and I see books on there. But they don't have books in there. So I want to make a deal with airlines to have people can get books and read the books on the airlines as well as watching the movies. I was like, well, why they got this on here and they don't even have books on here? But because I tried, I tried to like see if I can find the book or something. So I want to like get a contract with the airlines for authors to have their books and people can like for free read a book or pay $2 or a dollar to read a book, you know, whatever. That'd be a nice thing to do. But we've been talking. I've been running off my mouth, and I'm so glad. I'm glad everybody listening, whoever listening. And um, do not forget about if you're an author, 
or even if you're starting your small business, do not forget about the Silver Joiner Conference Monday, email conference on Monday. Um, I'm going to be talking about some really good stuff. Um, so I want to get some emails so I can hit you guys up when I'm doing something new or if you want to sign up for some of the things that I'm about to put out there. So that's what I'm going to be talking about at my conference. And I'm going to say I hope everybody had a happy Sunday, happy Sunday. And we're about to end this party, and we're going to play, pay some bills. And I hope everybody have a blessed and happy Saturday. I am out. Mm-hmm.